Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Well, good evening, everybody. This is our Saturday night broadcast of Prayer International Radio, live from Dallas, Texas. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer over the course of the next two hours, please give us a call. You can also email us at prayer at prayerinternational.org, and we'll be happy to take your prayer request. <coughs> Excuse me. So tonight we're going to... Um, continue our study on um, the book of John, which we picked up on um, Thursday night. So we're going to go into worship for just a little bit. Um, call in number, once again, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer, give us a call, and we will be right back.
If you need prayer for something, give us a call. Just want to thank all the guests who are listening, those who are in our chat room, which is at prayer, I mean, sorry, blogtalkradio.com forward slash prayer international. Um, thank you for all those of you who are listening through our website, which is prayerinternational.org. So tonight we're going to, um, I wanted to, I started a teaching series, which I didn't know I was going to start a teaching series, but it sort of just happened like that. Um, and so to go on the, um, I think last night Chris spoke on Ephesians, and um, so I guess every other night we're going to be talking through the chapter of the Gospel of John, and then the other night we'll be, um, Chris will be doing a series on um, the book of Ephesians. Ephesians actually being... Um, probably one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. But um, tonight we're on, we're starting with John chapter 15. And so hopefully we can um, get through the entire um, chapter, um, the Lord willing, um, whatever the Holy Spirit wants. So, Father God, for all those who are listening tonight, Lord, I ask that through your Holy Spirit, Father, you would give them wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Father, open the eyes of their hearts so they could be flooded with light. Lord, through your Holy Spirit, give them revelation into your word. Holy Spirit, take this word and make it alive in them. Take the word and give them revelation of your character, of who you are. Father, give them a revelation of their identity in you. Lord, for anybody out there who, Father, has any need, Lord, for your grace, Father, for your name's sake, Lord, we ask that you would touch them at the point of their need, Father. Heal every sickness, Lord. Heal every disease in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, restore every marriage. Restore every relationship, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, uh, John, um, in John chapter 14, um, Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit and giving the disciples um, prophetic words about um, his um, death and crucifixion and then the resurrection and how he would have to go to the Father and um, which he said was to our advantage that he goes to the Father so that he could send us the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is starting and going to this little section about, um, I guess the best way to describe it is... Um, how to live after afterwards, um, or how to live at all, period. Um, starting as he had been doing, revealing to the disciples, um, in bits and pieces, their identity um, in this world as strangers and foreigners of the world itself. Um, the Bible says that we're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. It says that... Um, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And before the regeneration, before um, being born again, as Jesus described it in the book of John to Nicodemus, um, 
we were strangers and foreigners to the kingdom of the Lord. Um, but now we're strangers and foreigners to this earth, as it says in Hebrews, um, that we desire a homeland. Um, and Jesus has declared that he has prepared a place for us with the Father, that we are citizens of heaven. And so John chapter 15 starts off, and Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Now, what he means by that is, um, and I wouldn't even know some of this except for my wife's really big in gardening, is that um, the fruit and the the branches, the leaves, every all of that, um, the life that comes into those um, elements of a plant or a tree or anything, always the substance, the life itself, comes not from the individual branches. The fruit, for example, the branches, I guess, let me restart this. Um, the fruit come through the branches as in our life. We bear fruit, which is not, um, the fruit's not about us. It's just a um, manifestation of the life that's flowing through us. But our life comes not from ourselves because we can't exist on our own, separated from the vine itself, which is the source of our life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so when Jesus is saying that he's the true vine, he's, um, once again, as he said, um, when he's declared he's a good shepherd, he's describing that he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. That all life itself flows through him and no other. Um, and that without him, there's no way to have life. The Bible says there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved except for the name of Jesus. And they said, my father is the vine dresser. His father, is, Jesus said that he didn't do anything on his own accord, but everything he did, he did because he heard the father do it or he saw the father do it. I mean, he heard the father say it or he saw the father do it. In like manner, everything we do as in this new life, um, as new creatures in Christ Jesus, um, we do not on our own accord because we're servants of the Most High God now. Um, our old life being dead. Um, the Bible says to reckon yourselves to be dead, dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. He said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he, meaning the Father, takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it bear, may bear more fruit. Now, this is actually a really interesting verse here um, to get into the gardening a little bit. Um, every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Jesus um, walked up to a fig tree with his disciples, and he, and he um, cursed the fig tree. And he said, because it didn't bear fruit. And, you know, the Father has given us gifts like the um, parable about the ta about the talents, um, if, where um, a master came and he gave each one of his um, servants a certain amount of talents and gifts, and then expected them to use it while he went away. And when he came back, two of them had used it and one of them hadn't. And he rebuked the one who hadn't used any of his talents. And each one of us... Um, in some manner or fashion, the Lord has placed with inside of you special gifts, spe a special calling, um, special talents um, that you can use that, um, that other people may not have, um, whether it's preaching or writing or singing or um, even giving. Um, giving can be a talent. Um,
Okay, sorry about that, everybody. It looks like we lost our signal for just a little bit. Um, so where were we? Um, so, um, so pretty much the Father um, gives us talents that he expects us to use and bear fruit. The Bible says that you'll know a tree by, by its fruit. A good tree will not bear bad fruit, and a bad tree will, and a bad tree won't bear good fruit. And the world will know you, not necessarily based just on the words that come out of your mouth, but the world will know you by the, your actions, by this, by your um, character, by your behavior, by the way you conduct yourself in the world, and the way you conduct yourself in private, for that matter. Um, Jesus said when they, when people questioned him, he said, "If you don't believe me for the for the sake of the words that I tell you, then believe me." Um, for the works themselves, for the very works that Jesus did um, were testimony of, that he was the Son of God. And our works themselves, without us saying a single word to a person, um, are testimony of who we are in Christ Jesus and who we belong to. It says, in, and then it, well, and then it goes on and it says, um, Every branch that bears fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Now, what most most Christians sometimes don't understand is that we all. The Bible says that we are being, um, we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and are being changed into the same image, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And part of what that means is that the Bible says that um, that Jesus has forever perfected those who are being sanctified. He's already declared that we're righteous in front of the Father. He's already given us open access to the Father, and we have a restored relationship with the Most High God through the blood of Jesus, not by our works. But that being said, the work of, of renewing our minds is not something that's completed in one moment or one day. The Bible says it talks about the washing and the renewing of our minds through the Holy Spirit. I mean, not through the Holy Spirit, but through the Word of God. But which comes through the Holy Spirit. And when we take the Word of God and we put it inside of us, it actually renews our minds and give, give us, gives us a renewed mind, gives us the mind of Christ. And so the Father is constantly um, pruning us. And so to some people, pruning may seem like a, a bad term or a harsh term, but reality is not. Um, the Bible says that um, a father will discipline a son that he loves. Um, and, you know, when we're chastised by the Father, it's only because he loves us. And it's because he's trying to mold us and shape us into um, this image for the plan that he has for our life. Um, the Bible says, um, God declared in the Old Testament, he says, I know the thoughts I think of you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And we all have dreams and visions of um, wanting to accomplish things for the Lord. Um, and the Father has those two for us. But the only difference is, is that we don't always know exactly in, in detail what goes into us getting from the place we're at right now in our walk with the Lord to the place that we need to be later on. And to stand in the position that the Father has for us because he has a plan for your life. And he wants you to stand in that place of um, authority. He wants you to stand in that place of provision and stand in that place of power. But in order to get there, the Father has to sometimes he has to sometimes mold you. He has to shape you. He has to develop certain characteristics, certain character traits in you, um, strength and patience and things like that. And so throughout your life and throughout um, your walk with the Lord, constantly be um, changing you over um, a period of time, um, constantly moving you closer and closer to this image that he has for you so that he can 
so that you can be in that place. Also, not just for um, the ministry or for anything here on the earth, but also there's an eternal weight and a, um, an eternal purpose, transforming us into his image, transforming us into the image that he had declared before we were even born, where before we were formed in our mother's wombs. You know, the Bible says in the first chapter of Jeremiah, he spoke to Jeremiah and he said, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. He was telling Jeremiah, you know, before you were you, you were even born, before you took your first breath, before you saw sunlight for the first time, I had a plan for your life. I had already declared it. I decreed it that you have a purpose in my kingdom. And so all, everything from in Jeremiah's life was, was in a move to get Jeremiah to that place to walk in the destiny and the purpose that the Lord had for him. Now, while it may not always seem pleasant at the moment, it, in the end, it yielded, and it helped him bear more fruit. Anyway, back to um, John chapter 15. In verse 3, it says, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, Unless it abides in the vine Neither can you Unless you abide in me What you'll notice um, in contrast um, Or not in contrast In parallel to this scripture Is Jesus said I am in my father And my father in me um, When the disciples asked, um, the, asked Jesus to show them the father He said Have I been with you so long And you asked, you asked me to show you the father Do you not believe I am in my father And my father in me If you see me You've seen the father and Jesus made it as a description is that him and his father were one. And in like manner, Jesus is declaring that we have the ability to have the same type of relationship that he has with the father, with him, and with the father ourselves. That we need to that we need to abide in him, to rest in him, to um understand the um that not only does the Bible say that he'll never leave us for forsake us. They said that he will come and make our home with us. Um, the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us, um, re um, opening our spiritual um, eyes um, so that we can receive from the Father, getting us into the place that we can have communion with the Father on a spiritual level, not just a physical level. And verse 5, it says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, will bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You know, a lot of people, um, when they think about the ministry, for example, you look at people on the news or on the radio, I mean, not on the news, but you see people on TV or in church services, and you tend to think, okay, well, they have an amazing anointing or they have an amazing um, gifting from the Lord. But in reality, we all have giftings from the Lord. We all have um, talents that the Lord has given us to use. But what changes things and what changes the world around you and is not necessarily just the talents and the gifts, but it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon those. Which is the Bible says the goodness of God leads men to repentance. Um the scripture declares that when the disciples went forth preaching the gospel, the Holy Spirit was following them, confirming the words with signs and wonders. If they had just preached the gospel and preached the word, it would have been it it, it would have gone so far into making a change. But the Holy Spirit also there anointing the words, bringing forth signs and wonders. 
It says, if any anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Now, Jesus isn't saying that you can just go out and decide that you want to buy, you want to, like, the best car in the world because you just want it and you can ask that. But if you go deeper into what the verse says, if you abide in him, if your life is with him, you understand that he's your fullness, he's your source, he's your life, then your desires and your motivations become the same thing, um, become the same. Your desires will, will take shape and form and you'll start having the desires of the Lord, the heart of the Lord, and you'll be able to ask in his name, in his will, because the very desires that you have will be the same as the ones that he has. In verse 8 it says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. You know, it says in... Um, Psalms 91, they that dwell in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And what does that really mean? It, you know, the scripture says that, it says, for when we were still without with, with, without God, when we were still in our sin, that Christ died for us. Um, the love of the Father being demonstrated while we were yet sinners. Um, and that love is eternal. Um, it doesn't change. He, the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same love he had for us when he died for our sins is the same love he had for our, for us today. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor pretty much anything can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And there's an amazing thing about standing in the revelation of the love of the Father that the Father has for you. Because the enemy will always, always, always come in and try to change in your mind. He'll try to um, trick you and deceive you into believing that the Father doesn't love you. But the scripture has plainly declared to us from the beginning of the unending love of the Father. And we need to learn to, to, to abide, to walk, to rest in that love. The Bible talks about a rest that we enter into with the Father, realizing that the works are all done, that we don't have to strive to be pleasing to Him because we, we are alone. We are, we are pleasing to Him just through the blood of Jesus, through the work of the cross. We're already declared perfect in His eyes, already declared sanctified. While we're still walking through this restoration process, while we're still having our minds renewed through the Word of God, while we're still learning to walk in the Spirit, as it says in the book of Romans, where it says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fill the lust of the flesh. Even though we're still walking this out, this this um, life, this new life we have out, we're still learning, still developing. The Bible declares that his love doesn't change. It says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. 
These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command. No longer do I call you servants. You know, we're going to, um, before I get into this one, um, you, you know, I want to go back over this um, just for a second. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that your joy may remain in you, that my joy remain in you and your joy may be full. But just before that, he said, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. You know, there's a, there's a big difference between what some people declare legalism and what some people declare love. You know, something Chris was telling me the other day is he was having a discussion with God um, in one of his times of prayer, and God had told Chris, um, I don't even actually know what it was, he told Chris to do something, and, you know, Chris sort of questioned it. Um, because what it was seemed like was more like legalism. God was telling me, well, they don't do this anymore. And Chris, for the moment, thought it was legalism, and the Lord immediately spoke to Chris. And he said, what, I have call, what, what you call legalism, I call love. And, you know, the Bible says all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. And, you know, this life that we walk with the Lord, um, each one of us, um, because the Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Every one of us have to determine what level of relationship we want with the Lord and to comprehend what that will cost. Um, because there is a cost to having a relationship with the Lord. To have a just to have the relationship with the Lord, the restored relationship with the Lord, um, is free and it comes through the through the gift of salvation we have from the, from Jesus Christ, but you know there's there's a way of walking in holiness, walking in righteousness, not for the sake of wanting to do a ministry or anything like that, but just because you want to be close to Him. And the closer you get to the Lord, the more time you spend with Him, you'll start learning the things that He likes, the things that please Him, and you'll start wanting to do the things that please Him. While you're already accepted, no matter what. There's another level you can go to with the Lord in your relationship, but it doesn't come. I mean, it, it comes through obedience, which is comes from an act of love, not obedient grudgingly, being like, "Okay, God, I'm not going to go drink anymore," because you said to, but you don't want to drink anymore because you know that it that He doesn't like it. Um, I heard a pastor talk about talk once, and I think we played it recently, is that if you understand that the Father is always with you, that the Holy Spirit is always with you, every action in your life, everything you'll do, you'll do with a conscious knowledge that he's right there. And you won't want to do anything in your life that you think will offend him or bother him. You know, if um, you were a smoker, for example, and one of your best friends um, didn't like smoke. 
and he came over to your house and you were sitting around, you wouldn't light up a cigarette because you know it would bother them. And in the same ways, we have to examine our own lives. Every one of us, me, Chris, everyone who's listening, we have to examine our own lives to see what it is in our life and whether it's um, pleasing to the Lord. Um, in the Psalms it says, search me, O God, try me and know my thoughts. See if there is anything wicked in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And you know what the psalmist is saying, Lord, search my heart. Because it's not about um, while we're a body being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit and why the body and while the Bible declares that we're all citizens of the same household, each one of us, members of the same body, each one of us having their own purpose and their own function, we each have an individual relationship with the Lord. And we each have these individual lives. The Bible says we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And each one of us need to go through our lives, go through our actions, and see if there's any any sin, any, any root of bitterness, anything that's going on in our own spirits that would be offensive to the Lord, with us and the Lord. And, you know, when it gets to that point of your relationship, it's not about other people. It's not about what they do. It's about what you do. It's about what you do and what you feel the Lord is calling you to do or not do. And then to learn to be obedient, to learn that when the Father says something, um, just to do it, regardless of what it is, whether it makes sense or not. You know, in um, the book of Samuel, chapter 22, or chapter 15, verse 22, um, Samuel says, has the Lord, the Lord, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings, offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. And, you know, Samuel understood that you can sacrifice all you want. You can declare all you want, God, I'm going to do this for you, and I'm going to do this for you, and I'm going to go and win all these cities for you, and I'm going to talk to this person and this person. And, you, you know, it's great. It's great to to have the, the desire to serve the Lord. But what's even better than desire to serve the Lord, what's better than having amazing ministries and everything else, is being obedient to his voice, being obedient to the things the Lord wants you to do. Because he said, obedience is better than sacrifice. And when Jesus is saying, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. He wasn't just, just, just saying, if you don't do my commands, you don't love me. But it'll come to a point where you'll start doing, being obedient to him out of a state of love for him. And not just because you're told to do it. You know, there's many times um, my four children um, will give them assignments or things for them to do. And it's always great when they're, when they're obedient and, like, you be like, okay, this is your night to wash the dishes. Can you go do this? And they'll they'll complain a little bit, and then they'll go do it because they're, they're told to. Um, and it's fine because they're learning um, to be obedient. And um, But what's even better is when they know they're supposed to do something and they do it just because they love us where there's no complaining. They do it out, they do it out of an act of love for us. And so let's get into um, verse 15 through 17 real fast. Um, Jesus said, My, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, 
for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. You know, that's an amazing, amazing um, scripture right there. Jesus is declaring that the things, everything that his Father told him, that he has revealed unto us, and that he would reveal to us unto us through the Holy through the Holy Spirit. When he said, "I no longer call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing," and what is applying is that we we will know what his master is doing. You know, a house with servants. Um, you know, whenever there's decisions that are made or there's important things happen in a family or in a business, and they have workers, the workers don't care. What's happening They don't care what the inward workings are They don't care how the um, Owners and masters are feeling They're just there to work um, I work for um, Dell Computers And you know the contract that we're, I'm on right now Is for this major healthcare organization And there's lots of workers But there's only a few people Who are on the um, Board of Directors um, few people who are in the top levels And everybody else For the most part they, they just show up to do their job And that's it They're not really that concerned with how the company is doing They're not really that concerned with anything They just know that they come to work and they get a paycheck But then there's those people Who are intimately involved With the workings of the kingdom They're intimately involved With the state of How things are going And they learn secrets about the company They learn the plans and the purposes and the future workings and the things that are going to happen. You know, when Moses was up on the mountain with the Lord, the, the Lord was actually declaring unto Moses the things that he had planned for him. And Moses was conversing with the Lord about these things, not just so the Lord could tell him, because he, but, but almost as if the Lord expected for him and Moses to have that kind of communion and relationship where they could actually discuss things and talk about things. And but, you know, everybody else on the outside of the camp, they, they weren't aware, they didn't care. Um but Moses wanted to be that close to the Lord. And in the in the same manner, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will bring to our memories everything Jesus said to us. And it says that the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God and and makes them known unto us. This is in um, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. So this is Prayer International Radio. Our call in number 619 8458 If you need prayer, give us a call We're going to take a really Quick break and we'll be Right back Father listen to our Earnest Spread it years ago That the glory you had given him We would somehow come to know 
um, on our website, which is prayerinternational.org. So tonight we're actually going to cut the broadcast a little short because um, we're still trying to get used to everything. Um, and so if you need prayer between now and tomorrow morning, um, you can always email us, prayer at prayerinternational.org or prayerinternational at gmail.com. And so, Father, for all those who are listening tonight, Lord, as your word declares in the book of Joel, Father, that in the last days you would pour out your spirit on all flesh, Lord, that your sons and daughters were prophesied. Father, that you would give them dreams and visions, Lord, that you would speak to them in the night and during the day, Lord, that, that you would make them continually aware of your presence, Father, that you would teach us obedience, Lord, teach us to hear your voice, Lord, and to follow it. Father, teach us, Lord, that we rest completely in you, Lord, that you are our life, as the scripture declares, that he is a fullness that fills all in all, that in you we have our being, Father, and in you we move, Lord. So for all, for um, Prayer International Radio, for Chris and Paul, um, we will see you tomorrow morning at um, 10 a.m. Have a good night, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.